Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 343 of Linux in Hampshire, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight we are going to be taking an in-house deep dive into a topic we've talked about before and mentioned that we were probably going to do a deep dive on it. And since I'm a little more knowledgeable about the topic, I think I'm sort of quasi-suited to actually speak quasi-intelligently about it. That topic is Yezu System Fusion, but hopefully I'm not going to be the only one talking about it. And I am Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. You are going to interject, so I am not doing a monologue for the next 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> and they're all going to be like, not saying a word. Yeah, I, gonna... <laughs> I, yeah that, that definitely shut me up. Yeah, I'm not Cheryl's going to be like, is this the crap you've been spending money on? <laughs> yeah, I, I've given up on the boxes that keep coming in. What do you mean the boxes that keep coming in? There is There is enough crap from China coming in here that we should have we should have COVID 30 times over with all the stuff you've been ordering for off of uh, AliExpress, but yeah, like one package <laughs> every three or four weeks. What are you talking about? You got like three yesterday. I, okay. <laughs> and again, all right, let's get on to, task kids. Come I'm, I'm going to point out those were ordered in January. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, so the topic at hand is Yezu system fusion. This is a, digital and analog communication technique developed by Yezu, of course. And there's a subsequent technology that was built onto System Fusion called Wires, and now Wires X, that I'm going to touch on as well. And it's kind of an interesting topic. We have talked about the Pi Star, which allows you to have a hotspot to integrate a lot of digital technologies together. And the one we talked about more, I think, the first time we brought this up was DMR and did we actually do a DMR deep dive? I think we kind of yeah. did. Yes. So yeah, we did it right after the pie star one. Right. So the next sort of cog in that machine is system fusion. There are, there are other digital technologies as well, like NXDN and P25, but I'm not super familiar with those technologies. I know a little bit about them, but I, I know a lot more about Yezu System Fusion than I did a week ago. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The, the System Fusion topic itself is actually pretty short. Where it gets interesting is where you do the linking with wires. And for those of you who are familiar with System Fusion radios, you've probably noticed the little X button or DX button on your radio, which gets you into that wires X mode. And that's the thing that everyone's really hip to do because it's how you get across the internet and talk to lots of people in special rooms and things like that. But before we get to all that, 
we'll talk about what System Fusion actually is. It's a technology developed by Yezu, and the idea behind it, it uses a special 4FSK modulation called C4FM, which stands for Continuous Four-Level Frequency Modulation, which leverages another technology called FDMA, Frequency Division Multiple Access, in order to do digital and analog communication between devices. Now, in the telephone world and in DMR, there's another technology called Time Division Multiple Access, TDMA, which may be something that's a little more familiar to some people. There's also CDMA, which is a technology that's used by cell phones. So these are all something division multiple access. It's a way to take a signal and use either parts of it, like different parts of the spectrum or the bandwidth, or cut up the stream into multiple time slices or do other weird things. So you can have multiple bits of data going over the stream at once. And these are just different ways of doing it. So System Fusion uses FDMA, and what they do is they actually take the, the stream, which is a 12.5 kilohertz bandwidth stream, and they cut it up into different parts. Like they'll use the bottom 6.25 kilohertz and the top 6.25 kilohertz to do different things. And that allows them to send multiple kinds of data at the same time on the same stream in the same bandwidth. So I have something I wrote down here that I got from a website, so it would sound more intelligent than me just speaking. <laughs> it says the 12.5 kilohertz channel spacing, the 12.5 kilohertz channel spacing in C4FM FDMA digital modulation mode allows high-speed data communication. And this is interesting because when they say high-speed digital communication, we're talking about 9,600 BPS. <laughs> this is super high-speed. <laughs> fast like in like 1991 fast right yeah fast fast is in late 80s fast uh it allows high speed data communication with reliable voice communication and strong error correction performance cd or c4 fm fdma offers a 9.6 kilobits per second data transfer rate speed and allows voice data with gps position data and id data to be sent in the same time frame so unlike TDMA, which splits a stream into time slices, there's none of that. It all happens simultaneously. In addition, forward error correction is also employed for clear, stable digital voice. So when C4MA is enabled, there's a couple of different ways it can be used. The one that's most often used is, in Yezu's terminology, the DN mode, which is data narrow. and what that is, is they split the data stream in half. So you have 6.25 kilohertz available for the actual data, and then 6.25 kilohertz is error correction. That allows for clear, not exactly high definition, but high quality audio, as well as being able to send the GPS and ID data simultaneously. There's another mode they use, which I have never actually used myself, but apparently it can be used, called Voice Wide, or VW. And what that does is it takes the digital or analog audio stream and uses the entire 12.5 kilohertz bandwidth for that stream, which gives you better quality audio, but you lose the error correction. 
So if you've got a good connection between your two nodes, that's not going to be an issue. But when the links get a little sketchy, your audio quality can suffer. And then there's DW or data wide mode, which is used for sending pictures and things like that using C4FM, which I haven't used that either. And that's not a mode that is available on the front panel of any Yazoo radio. That's only available if you're using their software to do something that requires data wide mode and the radio gets automatically switched into that mode when it's required. And then of course, since it's system fusion, that fusion, fusion. means you can, yes, fusion. <laughs> you can also do analog. So you can do all of these digital modes and analog, and you can do them both simultaneously. That's why it's called fusion. Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bad restaurant. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like it might be a really good restaurant. Depends. <laughs> I don't know. Them datums don't taste very good. <laughs> if, it, if it's possum fusion, then I'll... Yeah, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so the data-wide mode, I'm assuming it uses the full 12.5 kilohertz channel. So does that give you what? Does that, that's that's 19.2? No, that's the bandwidth required for the 9600. <laughs> Oh, to get 9,600 data transfer. Right. So when it's half and it's normal DN mode, then it's just running at 4.8 right. kilobits per second okay. yep. on both that, sides. That's my understanding, and I could be wrong about that. And if anybody who actually knows something about how this really works, then they can correct me. But <laughs> my understanding is that data-wide mode uses the entire bandwidth to get the 9,600 kilobits. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> yes, super fast. <laughs> so there you go. Those are the different modes that the radios can operate in. Now, this technology is, of course, specific to Yezu, which means you have to have Yezu hardware in order to be able to access Fusion. And there are many options, although they've gotten slightly less many. <laughs> Especially in the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, radios that can access this technology and i have a list of them here they're the f2 they're the ft2dr the ft3dr which are handy talkies you have the ftm 100dr which is no longer available discontinued discontinued evil evil deplatformed <laughs> uh you have the brand new ftm 300dr you have the ftm 400xdr the ftm 3200dr and the ftm 3207dr uh, those are mobile rigs. The 300 is brand new. Like I said, dual bander 400 is brand is a been around a while. It's a dual bander. The 3200 is a two meter. The 3207 is a 70 centimeter. The FTM 7250 DR, which is a dual bander is apparently going by the wayside as well. It's too cheap. <laughs> I know they, they made them too cheap. They're getting rid of them. That's what they did. They got rid of the cheap options because the 300 and 400 are upwards of 500 bucks or more. Yeah, and if you're going to spend that much, you might as well get the next one, which is the FT-991A. Right. The FT-991A, <laughs> which is a mobile HF rig. Yeah, and they throw HF in there for an extra 500 bucks. Yep, because it does HF, 6-meter, VHF, and UHF, and also has C4FM technology. So it does the whole meal. DC to daylight. Woo! Jack in a box. <laughs> Let's get yeah. all the uh, terms out there for the sales pitch. There you go. <laughs> so what's a, I don't have it in front of me. What's a 991A go for these days? Uh, I think they're right around a thousand bucks with all the coupons and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you really got the money to spend, 
just jump from the 400 XD, which is about 530 bucks, give or take, uh, straight up to the 991. Then you got everything all in one package. Let's see. The FT 991A, a thousand bucks, 1069 at HRO. Oh, there you go. So all of those can do C4FM, which is Access System Fusion. Some of them can do a little bit more. And we'll talk a little bit about the ones that uh, can be used with WiresX as WiresX nodes a little bit, but not yet, because we're not at WiresX. <laughs> um, actually, we're pretty close to WiresX. So there are also repeaters, System Fusion repeaters that are out there. So your club or you, if you've got a lot of money to blow, can buy a System Fusion enabled repeater. The the available ones are the DR1X and the DR2X. I honestly don't know what the difference is between them because I don't plan on owning a repeater, but you may be in reach of one. So, yeah, and those are the ones that they uh, they gave a lot of deals to to clubs to try to get them up and online <clears throat> to try to spread them out. I think they were originally given like the DR1X for like six hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, and the club and, I used to be a part of got one. So. Yeah, and then they uh, they uh, switched to the DR2X, and I believe they gave like a, a sweet upgrade deal to people that had the DR1X and were sorely disappointed. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the the original one had a lot of problems if it was installed near uh, other digital repeaters. <laughs> Did not fare too well. A lot of people tried putting these on like EOC towers and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that didn't work out very well. Right. So so the thing about fusion is that it's analog and digital at the same time. So these DR1Xs and DR2Xs can accept an analog transmission and send it out as both analog and digital, and it can take a digital and send it out as both analog and digital. So it doesn't matter if you are coming into the repeater or listening to the repeater, analog or digital, you'll hear it. That's the whole point behind System Fusion, which is kind of cool because it makes the digital technology backwards compatible with analog FM. And that's neat, but that's sort of 5% of the story. <laughs> the, the real story is what they came up with afterwards that they tacked on to the system fusion, which is wires and wires is the thing that everybody's interested in. So now we're going to cover that Wires stands for wide coverage. And you know, I, I like how they hyphenated that just so they could conveniently not use the C. <laughs> um, Wide coverage internet repeater enhancement system. If you want to go, some somebody spent a lot of time on that acronym. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> we needed to make up a word that goes well with this. Yeah, they did a pretty good job though. They, they did do a good job. So, so wires X is the latest incarnation of wires, and these these digital rigs, the C4 FM rigs that we just talked about, the FTA uh, 2DR all the way through the 991A, all have the ability to connect to the wires. X network. So what is wires X? Well, it's something that's hung literally off the back of a system fusion repeater or node that connects that node to the internet. And once you connected that node to the internet, it of course can talk to all of the other nodes or repeaters, which are connected to the internet. And I've heard them talk many times in the videos I've watched about this being a centralized decentralized network which is dumb, <laughs> um, but I, I sort of understand the idea. The, I, what they say is the, the network is authenticated centrally and then operated decentrally. So they have a, 
thing called the ILS. I think it's the Internet Linking Service or something like that, or IF, something like that. Anyway, it's basically a server or a group of servers that authenticate nodes so that they know that the network is operating properly. And then all of the nodes themselves communicate with each other in a decentralized fashion. So if you're connecting to a room, that room is actually set up on a node somewhere. And you can have your own room if you have a node radio or a repeater radio. So originally, the way you got to WiresX was you had to have a physical device. And that device is called the HRI 200. That device still exists. The reason that device still exists is because some of the radios we've talked about and both of the repeaters we've talked about do not connect directly to the WiresX network. They have to go through this HRI 200 interface. Now, compared to the cost of a repeater, the HRI 200 is not that bad. I think it's 129 bucks. But all it does literally is create an interface. It's kind of like a signal link, a Tigertronic signal link or something like that. It literally is just a box that connects a radio to a computer via USB. And it looks suspiciously like it's the SCU-17, which I have, <laughs> which is their <laughs> SignalLeak interface <laughs> for an, a, a Yezu rig. That's actually what's built into the FT-991A, but you don't get to see the, it exposed in the fancy little metal case that they have for it. Right. So that's all that interface is. And if you, you know, in the, in the early days of WireX, if you wanted to connect to the network, then you had to have one of those. Now, they've made a change recently, and I think a change for the better. Some of the radios they're putting out now no longer require the HRI 200. They have a mode that's enabled when you upgrade to the latest firmware that turns your node radio into an HRI 200. It literally makes your radio an HRI 200, but your node radio has an extra benefit in that it becomes an HRI 200 with an RF interface because the HRI 200 itself does not have any RF available to it. So this new, what are you doing, Bill? Sorry, that was me. (laughs) It didn't silence my phone. Darn it. Oh, no, Cheryl's playing poker. That's what came up. Oh, is that what you're doing over there? No. I'm Facebooking, Faye. Of course you are Facebooking. (laughs) I was logging on to get my chips. Oh, great. So. (laughs) Totally derailed. (laughs) I was trying to take a picture of my uh, SCU-17. That's what I was trying to do. Well, I heard what sounded like a dog bark and a chair squeak. Oh, yeah. That'd be my fancy uh, chairs here in the garage. So, oh, I got my drink instead of the SU-17. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) So the HRI-200 would have an interface cable that comes with it. Probably, I I think you might have been able to order it depending on the radio you had, which would either be an SCU-19, which is the one that I believe connects to handy talkies, or the SCU-20 which is the one that connects to mobile rigs and those with the interface with the HRI 200 because it has the same 10 pin DIN connector that's in the back of the newer radios. But now with that updated firmware, and by the way, I am not going into the firmware update procedure because it is a nightmare. <laughs> um, it, it can be done, but yeah, you need a windows based PC. You need an SCU cable. 
and you need a lot of patience. Plus, you actually have to pull things apart and get in and flip dip switches and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a pain. Luckily, my FTM 100 DR that I just got had updated firmware in it, so I didn't have to do any of that. Um, there is a thing on the dial where you can actually spin and see what your firmware versions are. There's three firmwares you have to update to. There's the front panel firmware, there's the main firmware, and there's the DSP firmware. And they all have to be after a certain version for this stuff to work that I'm going to talk about. If it's not, then you have to have one of these HRI 200 interfaces. And you don't want to do that. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, wires. <laughs> you were going to tell us all about the firmware process. <laughs> no, I'm going, to, I'm going to leave the firmware process up to people Googling on YouTube because there are lots of YouTube videos about how to do it. And they're pretty comprehensive. So and Don's you, right. You have to buy a Windows PC to do it. <laughs> yes, you have to use a Windows VM or have some access to a Windows machine because all of this stuff, all of the applications that run the firmware installers and run the WireZX software are only in Windows. And from what I've seen of YouTube videos coming from Yezu, they have no intention of releasing it for any other platform. So you must have Windows. Luckily for me, I had a tiny little micro PC sitting on the shelf that wasn't doing anything. So I threw Windows on it and now I'm using it for my Wires X node controller. And that worked out great for me. But yes, you have to have a Windows machine. So we're talking about this because this is amateur radio related, not open source related because it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anytime we get into these digital modes, right? (laughs) Except for D-Star, which is still slightly... Slightly, right. yeah. Once you get into yeah, code there's... plugging and stuff like that, right? You're kind of stuck in the same boat. Uh, no, because my code plug editor runs in Linux. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's something proprietary about all of this, but not every technology requires Windows. In the case of System Fusion, however, it does. So just be aware of that right up front. So I got the FTM 100DR. Apparently, the day before they were manufactured, discontinued. So don't try and find one. <laughs> Um, the reason I bought it is because it's one of the radios that has this ability to upgrade the firmware and become an HRI 200 without having an HRI 200, which is a great thing. Saves you a lot of money. Now the FTM 100, when they were selling it was about 280 bucks. Now it's manufactured discontinued. So the next available radio that does the same thing is the FTM 300. They just released it. It's near as makes no difference. One of my favorite phrases from the Brits uh, $500. So yeah, I think this is what happened. They just, they, they updated the firmware. They said, well, we're going to give out this functionality. And they said, Oh wait, we're not going to be selling any of these HRI 200s anymore because we made all these radios, HRI 200. So let's jack up the price 140 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) So I think value, it's a a value added (laughs) feature now. So, yeah. So yeah. So that's what happened. (laughs) Uh, you, you can still do this with an FT two DR which is 180 bucks if you want to have your node be a handy talkie, which may work out for you. I'm just not a fan of handy talkies. So, you know, it is what it is, but I'm going to talk specifically sort of about how I got things set up here and the radios that you can do this with the ones that have the firmware upgrades that allow you to create this wires X node are the FT two DR. I'm not sure about the FT three DR. I haven't seen any documentation that, says anything about that but i'm going to say for sure it's the ft2 dr the ftm 100 dr if you can get one the ftm 300 dr and the ftm 400 xd those are the ones that can do this so you'll have to have one of those now 
let's see. I think I may have skipped something important, but I'm going to come back around to it. <laughs> so the first thing you have to do, like you have to do with all of these technologies is you have to register. You have to register your radio with the Azu and tell them, yes, I've got an HRI 200 or I've got one of these radios and I want to get on the wires X network. And then they assign you an ID and then you can get on the network. It took me four days to get my ID. I remember when I applied for my DMR ID, it took like 40 minutes. <laughs> so Yezu is not super fast about assigning these. So just make sure you got a week to kill between the time you want to do, you know, buy your radio and actually get on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use it as a regular. Well, radio. you can use it as a radio for sure. But if you want to get on the WireZX network, you're going to have. Uh, so, a, we do have this thing called like real ham radio. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Squeeze yes. the trigger and start talking. That's what we want to do. Right. And you can do that with this radio for sure, but we're talking about WireZX. So, so I've got my FTM100DR and I've got my interface cable because my FTM100DR came with the interface cable, the SU20 that goes with it, which is nice. So I plug that into the back of the radio. I plug that into this Windows PC that I made. I downloaded the WireZX software, which is available from the azu.com website, easy enough to install. And uh, then I waited for my ID, got my ID finally plug that into the software and it all came up and it started to work sort of magically. So that that's nice. The software is kind of crap, but it, uh, it does what it's supposed to do, I guess. <laughs> so here's, here's what you can do with this. Um, if you're familiar with any of these digital technologies, basically the idea behind them is that you connect, you can connect to each other across the internet to other, other similar nodes. And you do all of that digitally. You can you can have RF at both ends if that's the way you have it set up, but it's not required. So my FT okay, there's a lot here, and I'm trying to condense it down into uh, manageable chunks. It's just two <laughs> bullet points, Christ. I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but they're really big. Yeah. They're giant bullet points. They're fifty the, cal. It's about five hundred. Yeah, five hundred uh, <laughs> sub bullet points underneath those. Okay, so let, let me just talk a little bit about how you how you do WireZX if you don't have all this node stuff set up. If you just want to get on WireZX from your radio and you don't have all this extra hardware and, and so on. Like, for example, you're near a repeater that's connected to the WireZX network. That, that's usually the, the easiest situation. So, so you're near a repeater that's connected to the WireZX network and you've got a Yezu System Fusion radio and they're running a DR2X with the HRI 200. And it's all set to go, so you program in the RF frequency and the offset and all that good stuff. And then on the front of your radio, there's this little button. Like I said, it either says X or DX. That's the wires X button. So you press it, and what that does is it syncs your radio with the local repeater. And then it gives you access to any of the rooms that are available on the wires X network. So you press, you press and hold your little your pound key octothorpe and then you key in the id of the room you want to connect to for example america link is a very popular uh ysf talk group or a talk group but i don't want to use the term talk group that's a dmr thing <laughs> uh room so you so you key in 21080 you press your octothorpe again and then it connects you and then every other node out there, whether it's a repeater or a node that is connected to that room, 21080, can now hear each other. 
and there's usually 120, 130, 140 different nodes in there, and they can be repeaters. So you know there's going to be digital transmission between nodes directly via the internet. That's going to be retransmitted via various simplex nodes and repeaters all over the world. And so when you key up on there, you'll be talking to lots and lots and lots of people. One of the nice things about the WiresX network is that because it transmits your ID information, your actual voice stream, and if your radio is enabled with a GPS data, it will pop up on your screen when somebody is talking. It will show you their call sign. It will show you what link they're, they're connected through, and it will tell you how far away from you they are. And that all pops up on your screen while you're chatting on this digital network, which is kind of cool. So that's how you do it if you don't have this Windows application, Windows computer interface cable, all that kind of stuff. You can also, I'm going to say you can do it through PyStar, but you really can't. There's, we talked about PyStar and what that allows you to do in certain circumstances is cross link between networks. Um, but WiresX is a self-contained network. It is purely digital. There is no um, exit point for the WiresX network for other different technologies to get into that network. So the only way it can be done going into the WiresX network is if somebody has created an RF bridge. So that is rarely done. So if you want to get into the WiresX network, the true digital WiresX network, you have to have a system fusion radio and you have to have access either via RF or directly to some device that is connected to it, physically connected to it. So that's a, a glitch, a gotcha, I guess, if you want to consider it that. But I'm going to tell you why I think it's better to have a system fusion radio than to have something like a DMR radio in a minute uh one of those reasons is not because it's cheaper because it isn't <laughs> uh yezu hardware tends to be on the pricey side especially when compared to dmr radios because the any tones and the tyts and all that stuff they're, they're super cheap but um anyway so what you can do now is that used to be sort of the bailiwick of the repeater operator now, because you can turn these radios into WiresX hotspots, you don't need all that. You just need the software, you need the firmware upgrade, and you need the interface cable. And when you do that, once you're running the wires software and you have your radio connected to it and the firmware upgraded and you've obtained your node ID, then you can put your radio into two different modes. One's called PDN mode and the other is called HRI mode. PDN mode turns your radio into a PDN, which is a personal digital node. And that allows you to use your radio connected through that Windows PC to access any of the digital rooms on the WiresX network. This important distinction here is that you can only get to fully digital rooms. They're indicated in the software as digital rooms by a particular icon. It shows like little computer connections and it has the letters D-I-G. That's how you know that a room is digital only. If you're in PDN mode, you can connect your rig directly to any of the rooms that are on the digital network, digital only network. And what's kind of cool about this is you can also enable your radio to have RF 
at the same time. So you can key up your radio and it will be sending data directly to the WireZX network and it will also be broadcasting it locally using RF. And what that means is it's become a hotspot. So if somebody else near you has a system fusion radio, they can connect via RF to your radio and get onto the WireZX network as if your radio was a repeater. And you can do that simultaneously. So that's kind of cool. So that's, you have to have your radio set up like with split and everything else. So people can do that. Or no, whatever. you can do simplex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any, any kind of RF configuration you want to set up, you can do. So you can have it set up like a repeater with a split, but you don't have to. Does your radio have to be a Yezu system fusion radio at that point too? It and, does because oh, you, okay. because that, because the Still other digital. radio, yeah, right. Because the other radio that's co- connecting to your radio has to use that DX button on it to sync as if it was as if it was connecting directly to the WireZX network like through a repeater or something. Interesting. So so you can do that. That's PDN mode. And then there's a different mode that these radios have called HRI mode. And what this literally does is it takes your radio and turns it into an HRI 200, which is the Yezu WireZX interface, but it adds a um, RF connection again, the, the ability to do RF. The difference is in PDN mode, you can control which rooms you connect to through your radio as just like you would do it if you were doing it through a repeater where you push the button, do the sync, you know, use the Octothorpe, enter the room number and connect to the network that way. But as I said, that only works for digital only rooms. If you want to get into rooms that are mixed mode rooms, which IE support digital and analog communication. You can't do that. You have to use the other mode, which is HRI mode. They're pretty similar. The difference is in HRI mode, if you enable RF, it disables your ability to communicate with the local node radio, like your FTM 100 or whatever. So you'd have to get into it with another radio, like an FTM 2DR or something like that through RF. The other thing that's different, I mean, you could switch it back over to direct mode, which disables RF and you can get into the network directly from your node radio and you can get into any room that way whether it's analog or whether it's digital or mixed mode but the problem is your radio has literally become like a repeater and is no longer manageable by the radio itself you have to do all of it through the software so you actually have to have a you know a connection like either rdp or you have to be on the console of your windows box that has the wire software and if you want to connect to a room you have to use the software to do it. Your radio has lost its ability to basically do anything. So you're controlling it from the software. You know, the thing you gain is the ability to connect to all rooms, whether they're mixed mode or not. You just lose the ability to deal with the radio. And you also lose the ability to do local connection to that, to the wires X uh, network and RF connection to the, to the network simultaneously. You can only do one or the other. So... I'm hoping that makes some kind of sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Okay. So that's that's pretty much all there is to it. It'll, you can also do direct connections because when you're when you're running the WireZX software, you ha- you get a, a one window that shows a list of rooms, which is where multiple people connect to talk and chat and whatever, and then there's another list of just users. So you can connect to a single user or you can connect to a room. So both of those options are available. 
And like I said, because of the digital technology that's available through the System Fusion system, you can also do things like text messaging and picture chat. Like you can send pictures across the network as well. I haven't done any of that, but I know it's possible. So taking this and going over to Pi-Star, because we have talked about Pi-Star in the past, there's, there's a reason why I, I think um, there's, there's sort of a learning curve with getting onto the WireZX network using these, these radios in this uh, PDN and HRI mode. That's not quite as steep as getting into a DMR initially, but it, it does take a little bit of sort of getting used to. But there's a reason why I personally would recommend getting a system fusion radio as opposed to something like a DMR radio, especially if you're going to use a hotspot like uh, PyStar. Because while the DMR hardware tends to be cheaper, well, it's cheaper as far as handy talkies are concerned. If you're getting it into an any an any tone mobile or something like that, they're they're still fairly expensive. The difference is because there is no external bridge into the WireZX network except from from system fusion enabled devices. There is no way for PyStar to get into the WireZX network. The only way it's possible is if somebody has bridged using RF from some other technology into the WireZX net network, which is literally they have two radios, one connected to an HRI 200, another one connected to, for example, DMR, that are talking back and forth locally so that if you're on PyStar with a DMR radio, you connect to that DMR talk group, which is then RF linked to a node that's WireZX linked that allows you to talk in. And all that allows you to do is talk into one talk group or one uh, system fusion room, WireZX room, that's been pre-configured by that link. There's a shim that PyStar uses that allows some rooms to be accessed from DMR going into WireZX, but only if those RF links exist. And they're kind of hit and miss. Not everything is exposed that way. So that means if you've got a DMR radio and you want to talk to somebody in a WireZX room, you may be able to, you may not be able to. It just depends on whether those bridges exist. Now, if you start the other way, if you start with a system fusion radio, then because of the way PyStar is built, there's a there's a three gateways that are available to connections via system fusion to PyStar. Those are system fusion to DMR, system fusion to NXDN, and system fusion to P25. If you have a system fusion radio and you use it to connect to your PyStar, you can then connect to any available talk group on DMR, DMR plus, XDX, um, yeah, XDX, P25, NXDN, you can get to all of them because the, those those networks are not closed from the outside. So if you want to get on talk group 91, 93, 3129, 3160, 30, you know, 3010, whatever, whatever DMR talk group you want to get to, they're all accessible from a system fusion radio using cross-linking. But the reverse is not true. So that's why I personally wanted to get into this WireZX thing. The problem I found is that those digital-only rooms that I mentioned, those are not accessible in any way from PyStar. 
So if somebody has a, a room that you want to get to, and there just happens to be one that I want to get to that's digital only, I had to have system fusion technology in order to get to it. But now that I have that technology, I can get to any of those networks and I can get to all of them. So that would be, if, if this digital voice technology is something that interests you, I would highly recommend investing a little bit of extra money and going the Yazoo route and getting your Pi Star hotspot set up and updated and working because it gives you access to much more of this digital technology than the other way around. And you were saying too that the the Yazoo yeah, the Yezu system fusion radio is a bit easier to navigate with the Pi Star? It is absolutely much easier to navigate in general because especially with DMR, because we we talked about this when we talked about DMR. In order to program your DMR radio, you have to have a code plug editor. And you have to build code plugs, which means you have to know sort of ahead of time everything you want to talk to. A DMR radio only has 16 channels available to it in any given zone. So you have to use this code plug editor and you have to know color codes and you have to know time slots and you have to program that for everything, every single channel you want to connect to. And if you want to connect to different channels from different repeaters, you have to have a new zone. If you want to connect to different talk groups from, you know, your Pi Star, you have to know all the ones you want to connect to. Your Pi Star has to be configured to transmit on the nodes that you want to connect to because you're only allowed to key up and open a connection to a talk group one at a time. If you want to have multiple receptions, you have to set scan groups. You have to go into the Brandmeister configuration panel and tell it to tell your Pi Star to transmit on certain available talk groups at any given time to keep them static. Otherwise they go away after 15 minutes of inactivity and you lose them. There's, there's so much that I think is a downside to DMR that I'm not really sure it's worth it. Getting into the talk groups is nice because there are lots of active talk groups and lots of people to talk to, but the DMR radio technology and the things you have to know and understand to program them is a pain in the butt. If you've got, a system fusion C4FM enabled radio, all you do is push the little DX button, type in the room that you want to get to, boom, you're in. That's it. You don't have to program anything ahead of time. There's no code plugs. There's, there's you know, it's super simple. Hmm. And using the Pi Star Gateway system, if you have, for example, system fusion to DMR enabled, all you have to do is using your radio is connect to your Pi Star as if it were a system fusion enabled node which it kind of is. It sort of understands WiresX. There's actually a little slider for WiresX pass-through. You tell it, all you have to do is when you do that, you tell it to go to room 00002 as if it were a system fusion room, which it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that tells PyStar that you want to then connect to something in DMR. So you type in room 0002, hit your little Octothorpe, it connects to Pi Star. Pi Star says, Oh, I'm linking over to DMR. And then when it comes back and says you're connected, then you type a DMR talk group like 91. You go 00091, press the little Octothorpe, and your system fusion radio is connected to DMR talk group 91, just like that. That's all you have to do. No code plugs, no nothing. Well, that makes it really simple. Yes. I mean, I think Yezu thought a bunch of this out, and I think they really tried to make it better they also talked about something that was kind of interesting because the other technologies like dmr and nxdn and p25 those require a numerical id 
which I guess there's some gray area about IDing because you have to have like a lookup table in order to associate that network numeric ID with a call sign. And that's sort of a gray area as far as whether you're properly identifying as an amateur radio operator, whereas the System Fusion Network actually uses your call sign and it sends it with every transmission. So can the person on DMR on the other end tell that you're not on DMR? Uh, with PyStar, no. PyStar actually transmits because PyStar has your call sign as well. PyStar uh, knows what your call sign is. So when you're connected to PyStar and it's sending out a transmission to the DMR network, it's sending your call sign. Well, it's sending your numeric ID. And like I said, then there's the lookup table and it will then translate that numeric ID back to your call sign. But if someone else is using your spot, does that just show up as you then? It does show up as you. It's a little confusing, especially if you've seen that for the first time, because the first time I got on and did that, I thought everybody was transmitting as me because it doesn't know that it's not you and there's no way to cross-reference. So Pystar just says, well, I don't know who this is. I'm going to assume it's you. <laughs> it, there has to be some default value, and Andy decided that the default value was your value. <laughs> So to answer the question in the chat room from Don, who says, so wires X path through allows connections to DMR. And um, yes, that allows you to connect to PyStar as if it were a system fusion wires X enabled node. And then you can get onto wires X rooms that are mixed mode, but not all of them. It's confusing. And if you want to know more about that, I suggest talking to Andy because he can answer that question way better than I can. <laughs> If you want to get onto a purely digital WiresX node using a PyStar, you cannot. It is impossible. You have to you have to use the HRI 200 either firmware or an actual HRI 200 device, the WiresX software and a, and a Windows machine. That's the only way. But like I said, that's that's for WiresX. That's because of the way the WiresX network is structured. If you want to get onto DMR NXD and P25, all talk groups are available via System Fusion Radio. Because PyStar Pi has access to all of it. Interesting. So, you know, I I like it. I like System Fusion. I don't I don't like what they're doing with the hardware right now. I'm I'm hoping they come out with another sort of mid level cost uh, HRI enableable, um, you know, radio. Um, because the FT100DR was really the sweet spot for functionality and cost. And now that it's gone, I'm I'm sort of disappointed. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but well it looks like don's all said he has the ft 100 dr so. oh yeah if you have the ft 100 dr you are golden that i mean for the money it was the best radio for sure for doing all this stuff so if you have the ft 100 dr you probably got the se su 20 with it so that's sort of half the battle so what you have to do at that point is make sure your firmware is updated all the way and then you'll be able to get into you know, HRI mode or PDN mode. And then you'll have to acquire your node ID. You submit that through Yezu and then you'll get a, you'll get a node ID at some point. If you haven't done that already, then you have to have a windows machine to connect to with the wires X software. It's free to download. You just go to yezu.com, download the software, run it. And as long as you have your node ID and a radio connected, it'll sort itself out. It's pretty straightforward. And the only problem that I have right now is I have to get another cable and Don, you may have to do this too, called the SCU-40. And unfortunately, the way Yezu did this 
is they package the FT100DR, the FTM100DR, with an SCU20, which is great, except it doesn't allow for analog communication through the WireZX network. So they created the SCU40, which allows you to piggyback onto the SCU20 so that you can connect to the computer both analog and digital, which means your computer is going to have to have an audio interface, whether it's built-in or add-on, an actual sound card, basically. The problem is the SCU40 includes an SCU20. <laughs> so you're going to have an extra one. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do because unless you find one on eBay that's only half of the kit, you're going to get an extra one. But my understanding is if you don't have the analog part of the interface, then if somebody is connecting to a mixed mode room in analog mode and it's coming back to you in analog mode, you won't hear it. You'll see the carrier your radio key up, but you won't have any audio. So it's best to have that interface cable just if you're going to do this, if you're going to operate in PDN or HRI mode. Well, I'm sorry, for PDN mode, you don't need to because that's digital only. But if you're going to operate in HRI mode, you got to have that analog cable. That that way you make sure you get both kinds of audio. But the combination of this WireZX software, the cables, the HRI-enabled radios, and the ability to connect to PyStar and go to all the other networks, it sort of really gives you access to everything. The only thing you won't have access to is D-Star, because as we learned when we talked to Andy about Pi-Star, you can't convert between the other modes in D-Star. D-Star is its own animal. If you're, Even if you're using Pi-Star for D-Star, you have to have a D-Star radio. So you'll have to have a, an ICOM device or a DB dongle or something like that. So, All right, so let me uh, make sure we... Don't have any more questions. Anybody else have any questions? I can answer questions. I may answer them incorrectly, but uh, <laughs> no, I think that's a really good uh, coverage of the entire topic. I mean, I understand it a little bit better. I probably still won't buy one, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that story hasn't changed in many years. Yeah the uh, the cheapest way in is the FT two DR with the SCU. I think it's. 37 or 39 or something like that that gives you the connectivity the firmware the ability to do hri mode and digital and analog at the same time so yeah that's the cheapest way and that's a total of uh 200 and what 270 bucks something like that you can go up from there oh plus the cost of pi star so you're looking at uh 300 bucks 300 bucks all in so anyway that's uh about all I can say, I think, without questions on the topic of System Fusion and WireZX, uh, I just want to make it clear here at the end, sort of since we've done all this talking about it, that System Fusion is a way to use a repeater with analog and digital communication simultaneously across devices. You can do it simplex, you can do it through a repeater, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. And then when you take that technology and link it all together uh, with the infrastructure to create rooms and talk digitally across the Internet, that's WireZX. I think I've done my best to cover it as well as I can. I mean, you can certainly email the show, and I will uh, try and answer any questions I have. There are lots of resources on YouTube. I'm going to try and put the links to a few of the things that I got information from in the show notes, so you'll have access to those as well. We've got the Discord, so everybody needs to get on the Discord, and we can do things with the Discord now. We can do video chats. We can do screencasts, so I can show you how my stuff is set up, if it's confusing or whatever. I can walk you through stuff. So you need to get on our Discord. Link will be in the show notes. The link is also in the outro, I believe. 
But uh, get on the Discord. We're going to do cool stuff. Discord. It's kind of cool. (laughs) And I hope if you want to get into all this digital technology that you'll consider, and this is not a plug for Yezu, not at all. I just think for what you get for the functionality and the ability to do and access more of the digital world, doing this way, which Bill likes to call fake ham radio, um, <laughs> that you should you should start from the Yezu side, from the System Fusion side. And then if you want to explore something more directly with DMR or some of the other devices, then you go that way. But if I had known what I know now when I was looking for stuff, I would not have bought a DMR radio first. I would have gone System Fusion just because you have access to so much more. Cool. So you're going to send me all your DMR stuff, right? Oh. <laughs> I, I still use my DMR. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you <laughs> so I'm never going to get into it. <laughs> okay. One of these days, he might convince you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Don wants to know what room you can find Linux in the ham shack in. One of the things I have not figured out yet is how to establish rooms. My understanding from what I've heard and seen on YouTube videos is that you have to have a you have to be a repeater owner if you want to create rooms that that gives you the ability to be a room master i think is the term they use so if we wanted to have an lhs room we could have one but we'd have to actually have a dr1x in order to do it so if somebody wants to if somebody wants to fund us a dr1x i mean we'll definitely look into it (laughs) (laughs) so moving on we have some feedback and announcements and announcements I've been doing a lot of talking. Somebody else needs to talk. Bill, do something. Sure. Yeah, we have a, have a couple of emails here and a, an event canceled, but we'll talk about the first email, and it comes to us from uh, Serge, ON4AA. He says, Dear Russ, you and your crew might be interested in trying out the following Linux logger from Russia, or is it the former Soviet Union? Seen from the domain extension. Best 73, keep safe, Serge, ON4AA, and he's talking about linuxlog.stu. And this uh, looks to be, uh, after digging through and finding the GitHub account, uh, a Python a Linux logger. It's uh, using Qt as its interface. And it looks like it has, uh, you know, limited features, but a uh, functional logger at best. Uh, it uh, writes a, a data file in an ADI file. So it uh, that's its uh, database format, if you want, if you wish. Uh, it also has a uh, connection via Telnet to uh, your favorite uh, uh, cluster, so you can pull cluster spots into that app. Uh, but it does not have rig control in it, as far as I can tell. I just kind of breezed through all the code here uh, while Russ was talking and, and looked around. But uh, uh looks pretty interesting. Uh, definitely uh, something we'll uh, take a look at for the next Linux in the Hamshack segment. Uh, we'll definitely include it, and uh, I'll give it a spin here on the uh the new 2004 lts system that i just put together so (laughs) and uh we got an announcement from uh the arrl that the hamcon 2020 is canceled surprise surprise i know big shock yeah um yeah so uh this is scheduled in july or june so yeah it's still it's it's a month out month and a half out and they've canceled it so they are not going to have it that you know is with great sadness that we must inform all that we are canceling hamcon so if you've been planning on going to hamcon make sure you get your tickets refunded and uh your airline tickets and all that other good stuff 
and I still haven't got mine refunded yet. <laughs> oh boy, can't wait to have that discussion with <laughs> Delta. That battle, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I clicked the wrong button, and my 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 request went into nowhere land. I just have a feeling. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see where that goes. And our final email came directly to me. This is from uh, Frank Manyard, uh, NF8M. He says, hi, Bill. One of our local club members, Larry K8UT, is one of the N1MM developers. He mainly does the database end of things. Larry is also one of the co-developers of MoRiddy, and we were talking about it the other day on the club repeater. He and I chat occasionally about my attempts to part and partial success at running N1MM under Wine. He mentioned the other day that the team had been approached in the last year by someone who wanted to port it over to Linux. And they were all set to let him into the code base repository, but it was never followed up on. I remember that you and I talked about it at Dayton a couple of years ago, and I'm wondering if it was you that had approached them. Uh, they had seemed to be open to the suggestion. So if you're interested, maybe now would be a good time to investigate it. I offer to help, but my programming skills haven't evolved much since my Fortran and COBOL college days. Hey, you can go get a job uh, working for employment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, employment, uh, unemployment processing. There you go. Uh, with some dabbling in C 20 years ago. And most of what I do now is writing shell scripts. Hope you're all doing well. Sad to miss seeing everyone at Dayton this year. I'm helping Rick KA7 Mike 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 with uh, the K2BSA NOAC, which is the uh, National Order of the Arrow Conference uh, planning, but I realize that uh, may not happen either if the university remains closed. So, yeah, I did talk to Frank uh, via email. We did uh, correspond back and forth. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I approached them a couple of years ago, so it's been uh, quite a while, and I went right to the uh, right to N1MM himself and uh, was uh, pretty much ignored. And uh, our further emails, we agreed. That's probably what happened. <laughs> so so I, I did say that I would, I would be interested, uh, but I don't know if I have enough time uh, to work on yet another side project. So, uh, but anyway, I appreciate the email, Frank, and, uh, we'll continue to correspond, uh, via email and, uh, who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we'll at least get a peek at the code base and see, see what can be done, done to decouple that from the, uh, the, the .NET windows interface. Yeah. It'd be nice if we could actually have N1 and M cause lots of people like it. So if we could make it Linux native, that would be great. Yeah, my thing would be like, you know, it has to be it'd just work everywhere and be done with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cross platform. It's the way of the future. Yeah, I mean it uses Hamlib. We have Hamlib everywhere. So what you know, what more do we need? You know? Exactly. You, know, you would be kind of locked possibly um into using like FL Digi for your ready mode contest and stuff like that. But uh, that's probably not too terrible. Uh, I know I'm a big fan of using that MMTTY for uh for doing ready contests in Windows. But um yeah. Yeah, there's there are tons of options to kind of use the the existing interface that they already have with uh, FL Digi that I'm sure is add a layer, which is purely easy to cross platform that as well. All right, very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to the day when there's n1mm dash logger dash amd sixty four dot dev. We'll see. So I've been doing some investigation about rooms. Okay. Um, you can create a room using the HRI 200 interface. Right. Or you can create a portable room um, by directly connecting a portable digital node capable C4FM digital transceiver with your PC. 
Okay, but does it the, give you... The HR200 internet interface is not needed, and no fixed or dynamic global IP is required. So how do you create a room, does it say? Um, there, I, There's some information here. It's from the Yezu website. I'll send you the link. Oh, yeah, definitely. Send if there's a way to create a room using a radio, I will definitely create a room for yeah, LHS. There's the HRI200. Yeah, here, right here is a digital net station. Um, I I couldn't see any way in the software to create a room. I was under the impression that you had to have a non-portable node because they were going to, they were kind of being. No, there's a little, there's a little blurb here that says uh, with the portable node function, you cannot operate a X room or use remote control function from another location. Right. But that's PDN. What about HRI? It It doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Okay. Well, more investigation is necessarily obvious. Yeah. You know, investigation is necessary, obviously. I'll try and put that together into actual words. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, but if, if there's some way to create a Linux in the Hamshack Wires X room, I will definitely do that. Okay. Just just trying to do my job over. No, I appreciate that because I didn't realize. I like I said, I was watching a video where they said that you had to have a static node, like a DR1X. In order to create a room but i guess we'll see all right so thanks everybody for listening tonight we really appreciate it we got down through the topic we got down through the feedback and announcements but what we haven't got through is the folks that were with us tonight live in the chat room we had paul ke5wma don kbtysi don kc9zmy Steve, KA7HVT, Tony, KM4HSD, Ted, WA0EIR, Darren, VK6EK, and disappointingly, Tom, N4HAI. Hi! No, I'm not going to do it. That's why it's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) At least build it at this time. Yeah, there you go. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Hope everyone has a good rest of the week. Stay safe and, uh, just because things are starting to open up, don't go out there and go crazy. You don't want to come down with this nasty disease, you know? Crazy, uh, crazy. Cra- yeah. Be a little crazy, just not crazy, crazy. Yeah, not crazy, crazy. <laughs> anyway, we will catch you all in about a week's time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Oh, we got Dan, too. Jeez, you missed Dan. Where'd, how come we didn't get him in there? Uh, KF5TQN was also here. Chatting what do you do, away. just jump in? Dan? No, he's been yeah, talking uh, for a bit. I guess I should have saw that. Yeah, well. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. We we did get to you, so you're in there <laughs> now. Now, now, now. We haven't finished. We're not we're not doing it in post. We're doing it right now, live. live. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. It's all live, for all you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get on out of here. Appreciate it, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. This has been episode number three hundred and forty-three of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ K five TUX. I'm Cheryl W five MOO, and I'm Bill NE four RD seventy-three. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. 
connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash NHS podcast on the Freenode network, and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke Discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1909-NHS-SHOW. That's 1909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.